Holy Victory Monday! Wow. Wow. That's all I gotta say. I cannot believe that game. I cannot. Welcome back to the podcast. I am Jesse, and this is your recap of the AFC wildcard game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. Bengals 24, Ravens 17. The Bengals are off to the AFC Divisional Playoff. Well, they'll take on the Buffalo Bills next Sunday, or this Sunday, at 3 o'clock on CBS. We'll talk about that game later on the week, but... Super Wildcard Weekend, it definitely lived up to its name. Holy shit. If you guys were at the game or watching the game, that was probably one of the most craziest wildcard games in Bengals history. It could be the craziest wildcard game in history for the Bengals. Like, holy shit. AFC North Division rivals, third meeting, back-to-back weeks, I expected this game to be a physical game. To the people that thought that it was going to be a blowout, you don't know football and you're dumb as hell. No way. I knew the Ravens would have come out and play physical football. I expected the Bengals to do the same. But the Bengals got caught in the trap by the Ravens style of football. And when that happened, I knew this game was going to go right down to the wire. And sure hell, it did. Unbelievable. You know what I say in the playoffs? It doesn't matter how ugly it is. A win is a win. It is survive in advance. I don't give a damn. Yes, there are some concerns with this Bengals team when it comes to injuries. But they're still in it. The one the one of the last eight teams still standing in the NFL playoffs. So, before last year, I think you guys already know this. The Bengals hadn't won a playoff game in 31 years. They broke that curse last year, and now the Bengals have four playoff wins in a span of a year. Four! I just wanted one! We got four playoff wins! It's it's a good time to be a fan, guys. It really is. And shout out to the Paycor crowd that were... I think it was 67-plus at the game on Sunday. You guys were amazing. You guys were loud. I could hear you guys through through the TV. It was great. You guys deserve a standing ovation for that, and I'll do that right now. The Bengals have a real home field advantage. They really do. So shout-out to the people. If, if my followers, if you guys were at the game, you guys were great and loud. You guys probably don't have no voice right now as I record this podcast on this Monday. Okay, there's lots to get into this recap of this game. And I'm going to start with the positives. Because we always start with the positives when it comes to the recap of this games. But, this is your playoff edition recap. Man, <sighs> I say a lot in this podcast that the appreciation that I have for Bengals defensive coordinator Luran Rumo is just top notch because even though the even though the defense was I think the Bengals defense was good last night, but there was moments where I was like, okay, what are we doing? But overall, in the second half, they led the way. They really did. 
And defensive end, Cincinnati owned Sam Hubbard with the craziest fumble return for a touchdown in NFL history. It was the longest return in NFL postseason history. This man went 98 yards for a fumble return for a touchdown. Yes, not a safety, not a corner. It was a defensive end. Sam Hubbard did that. The hometown kid did that. The Ravens were about to score. It was third and goal from the one. The fourth quarter just started, like three minutes in. It looked like Baltimore was going to score, and I'll be honest, guys, it felt like the Bengals were going to lose that game if the Ravens would have scored there. Because all of the freaking momentum was on their side. And you can tell in the crowd, they were getting kind of nervous. And they were starting to sense that feeling as well. The feeling I was sensing as well from home. And I'm like, shit, they score here. Damn, the Ravens defense is playing well in the second half. I'm like, uh-uh. And then the Bengals have new players in the offensive line. And I'm just thinking to myself, great, this is how I'm going to end? Really? So, Ravens. Tyler Huntley starting for them. This man hikes the ball, tries to jump in the air to try to get the ball across the plane. Shout out to Jermaine Pratt for pushing Huntley. He deserves credit for that. I know we're going to give credit for Logan Wilson for punching that ball out before it crossed the plane and it landed in the hands of Sam Hubbard. But Jermaine Pratt deserves so much credit for pushing Huntley and making that difficult for him to even stretch that ball. I don't know why they didn't run the ball with Dobbins. Like, Dobbins had a good game. Or Edwards. Ravens' running game was really good last night. But I don't understand. Goal line to goal line situation on the one-yard line. You decide to allow your quarterback to stretch the ball. Like, this is he's not Patrick Mahomes. He can't do that shit. This ain't Tim Tebow in college. Like, what are we doing here? Hey. It works for the Bengals. It helps us out. But, guys, my initial reaction when that play happened, all I saw was Huntley trying to stretch that ball to the goal line, and Logan Wilson punched that ball out. It landed in the hands of Sam Hubbard, and he is off to the races to the other side. He is running, and I'm thinking, I had no idea. I was like, what's going on? I thought the play was dead. I thought I heard a whistle because that shit never happens in Cincinnati. That play never happens to us at all. So I was so confused. And I'm just like, run! Run! Like Hubbard had four blockers running with him. And here comes Ravens tight end Mark Andrews. This motherfucker is about like over 230 pounds. He is sprinting trying to get Hubbard and he almost did. And Bengals linebacker Marcus Bailey, he hit him from the back. Pause. Like, I was like, that's going to be a penalty. That's going to be a legal block in the field. Like, that was going to be a penalty. Like, he, he, he literally did that. But I feel like the officials weren't going to call that, especially in the midst of the craziest play in NFL history when it comes to turnovers. And also the Bengals were home. And then Hubbard 
across the plane for a touchdown and Paycor Stadium just went into just hysteria. Everyone's going wild. I was wearing my Bengals orange hat. I threw my hat and I just fell to the ground in disbelief. Like I wasn't screaming, I was just in disbelief. I was like I was like, what the fuck? That's what everyone said. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like unbelievable. Pandemonium. Like what like I was like, what is going on? Like I said, this never happens to us at all. When it comes to that magnitude of a play like that, that never happens to the Cincinnati Bengals ever, to any Cincinnati sports team ever. Incredible. Sam Hubbard needed oxygen at the bench after that play. I mean, dude ran for 98 yards. He deserves a stand of ovation, and I'm going to do that right now. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, guys. I've watched that play probably over 50 times, and I still can't believe it. And I'm still going back in my head. And at that real-time moment, I'm just thinking about my emotions at that time. And I just was like, that actually happened. Unbelievable. And also, what a call by Mike, by Mike Tirico, NBC announcer that was calling the game with former Bengal Chris Collinsworth. He made such a great call. He was like, oh, it's live. And he's running it back. And I was just like, unbelievable. So shout out to Mike Tirico for that amazing call. Wow. Unbelievable. Sam Hubbard with a 98-yard fumble return for a touchdown. Momentum Cincinnati to affinity. But here's the thing. The Bengals' offense did not do shit. And we'll talk about that when we get to our negative sides of this game. But holy shit. Wow. And like I said, shout out to Logan Wilson for making that play. Jermaine Pratt deserves a lot of credit for that as well. Before that craziness happened, I don't think we're talking about Von Bell's tackle on Gus Edwards before that play. Because it looked like <clears throat> Edwards had a clear. He could have he ran it in for a touchdown. But the last second, Von Bell made a solid tackle to keep him away from the end zone. That was huge. Also, Jesse Bates, who's been playing really well this year. Tyler Huntley had a huge 35-yard run that pretty much set up the Ravens in the goal line right there in that position. He could have ran in for a touchdown. But then Jesse Bates tracked him, tackled him out of bounds at like the two, three-yard line. Game-saving touchdown right there. So, Jesse Bates and Von Bell deserve so much credit for their hustle and just making big plays right there. I don't think a lot of us are going to be talking about that, but I am. So, shout-out to them for that. Ooh, Spangles defense was really good in the second half. Akeem Davis-Gator, his interception on Tyler Huntley on the Ravens' first offensive drive of the game. Huntley had... Tight end Mark Andrews, and he just threw the ball late, and David Skater read it, picked it off, returned it for a, for a nice yardage. That was big right there because the Ravens were driving the football on their first offensive drive of the game. Also, Zach Carter, the rookie out of Florida, and Cam Sample. 
they both had really good games on Sunday night. And I was watching very closely, and they both played well, especially in the second half. You saw Cam Sample on Trey Hendrickson's side taking his position a couple of times during the game. And I found that interesting. I was like, hmm, okay. But he was really good when the when the Bengals were good on stopping the run for the Ravens. He was always there. So I really like Cam Sample. Zach Carter had a nice tackle as well on, on the Ravens run game. So they both played well and shout out to them. But shout out to the defense overall for just their big plays and coming up clutch when needed. They did that in last season's postseason run and they doing it again in this potentially hopefully postseason run for the Bengals. So they're the, they deserve another standard ovation. I don't think I gave them a standard ovation in the beginning, but they do they do deserve one right here. Unbelievable. Okay, let's talk about the Bengals offense, all right? Their first offensive drive, for some reason, the Ravens, they won the toss. They deferred the second half so the Bengals get the ball. I was thinking to myself, that's a big mistake. But it kind of worked out for the Ravens. The Bengals went 14 plays, 54 yards, took 6 minutes and 38 seconds off the clock. It ended with an Evan McPherson field goal. That was a really good drive by the Bengals' offense. They were moving the ball. They weren't a lot of explosive plays, but they kept moving the chains, converting converting key third-down plays. <clears throat> I wish they would have got a touchdown, but I'm okay with settling in points. So 3 nothing, And then Ravens' first offensive drive, like I talked about, King David Skater with interception. And then the Bengals' second offensive drive, they went 10 plays, 60 yards, took 6 minutes and 7 seconds off the clock. Burrow found Jamar Chase for a 12-yard touchdown on first and goal. 9-0, Bengals. Evan McPherson once again missed another extra point. I don't know what's up with the dude. He does not like kicking short field goals. He loves kicking field goals from over 40, but for some reason when it comes to 25, 35-yard field goal attempts and extra points, dude just at times misses them. And... It doesn't make sense, so <clears throat> I hope he doesn't miss a, he doesn't miss an extra point against the Bills on Sunday. Like we don't need that, okay? <laughs> and then the Bengals' first drive of the second half was amazing with a now a new starter on offensive line because Jonah Williams got hurt in this game. Entering Jackson Carmen at tackle, his natural position. Bengals' offense went. 12 plays, 83 yards, took 7 minutes and 8 seconds off the clock. Joe Burrow sneaked it in for a touchdown, and then they went for 2. Burrow scrambling to the right, scrambling, and then he found Teagans in the back of the end zone for the 2-point, 17-10 Bengals. After that, the offense just went to ship, unfortunately, but we'll talk about that soon. Overall, Burrow was 23 for 32 for 209 passing yards, 1 touchdown, no picks. He was also sacked four times. Jamar Chase had a really good first half. He was kind of quiet in the second half. Nine catches, 84 yards, and that touchdown. Back to the defense, Logan Wilson, 10 tackles. Jesse Bates, nine tackles. Jermaine Pratt, eight tackles. B.J. Hill had a sack, and also Mike Hilton had a sack as well. So shout out to the Bengals 
defense and the offense played well in the first half and in the second half they had their first offensive drive that went for a touchdown and like I said after that drive it it was it wasn't good to watch to be honest and I was kind of annoyed but then again you got to look at it with the offensive line Joe Bird getting the ball out of his hands quickly They've got flashbacks to last year's postseason, especially that Titans game and the 19 sacks they took in that postseason <clears throat> run. I just don't want that again. So it's a wait and see with this new Bengals offensive line. It's unfortunate that there's injuries to that. And let's go to the negatives, all right? And before we talk about the O-line, Hayden Hurst, he's been great for us all year. His fumble on the Bengals' third offensive possession. It was third and 16. It was on a short path. I don't understand why he thought he was going to get the first down. Like, he lowered his helmet. I mean, he lowered his shoulder pad. And I'm like, dude, you're not going to get the first down. Don't don't try so. Don't try too hard. Like, I get it. I'm not saying he's trying too hard, but, I mean, just, just go down, okay? You, you, you're going to punt the ball. Just go down. And Raven safety Kyle Hamilton knocked the ball out of his hands, and he recovered it. And the Ravens ended up with a field goal to end the first half, and they were up 10-9 at halftime. So that was a bummer for Hayden Hurst right there. Jonah Williams, like I just talked about right now, he got hurt again against the Ravens. And... It, he dislocated his kneecap, and reports are saying, let me go check the information on Jonah. Let's see. Well, Zach Taylor did say that he is week to week. They said that Bengals standout left tackle Jonah Williams suffered what is believed to be a dislocated kneecap during the last night's win over the Ravens, source said. He had an MRI determine the damage today that it caused. So we will find out <clears throat> on that. But that sucked because he hurt his... So they said that it was his... Was it his right knee? Yeah, his right kneecap. He did the same thing against the Ravens back in week five on that Sunday night game. And he didn't return to that game as well. So, for some reason, Jonah just has bad luck playing against the Ravens because he always gets hurt with his knee. It's unfortunate. Now, he wasn't really having a good game because the Ravens were getting to Burrow. I mean, they got four sacks, but it's just with Lyle Collins out for the year, Alex Kappa going to be out for a significant time, forever how long the Bengals' playoff run is. And now Jonah's out with a knee injury. It's like... Damn, the first 15 games of the season, the Bengals had the same offensive line with Cordell Volson, Ted Karras, Lyle Collins, Alex Kappa, and Jonah Williams. And now every week since the Patriots game where Lyle was lost for the season with a torn ACL, someone's getting hurt. Someone's getting hurt. So... Right now, as the Bengals off of the line stand, is Jackson Carmen at left tackle. Left guard is Cordell Volson, the rookie. 
Centers, Ted Karras. Max Sharping at right guard. And Hakeem Agenity at right tackle. Damn. So, here are the other options the Bengals could do with the offensive line. They could put Isaiah Prince at left tackle. And then, or they could put Dante Smith at left tackle. <clears throat> or put Hakeem Agenity at left tackle. And then put Jackson Carmen at right tackle. Or put Dante Smith at right tackle and Isaiah Prince at right tackle. The Bengals have so many different options, combination when it comes to their offensive line. It's a bummer, but they just gotta they just gotta work with it. I don't know how they're gonna do it, but they have to. And we'll see. We will see. And also I was saying this last week that the Ravens have a really good defense and a really good defensive line. And I said that this will probably, I'm sorry, not probably, this is going to be the toughest defense the Bengals will face in the AFC playoffs, however how long they do stay in this tournament. But with so many injuries happening to the offensive line, it just... It just makes it tough, but damn, the Ravens have a really good defense. And there was at times Dawson Line had their moments. Like Jackson Carmen, yes, he's been a healthy scratch pretty much all season. And when the Bengals had their first offensive drive of the second half, when they went 12 plays, you didn't really hear his name. And that's a good thing. He, he played well in that drive. After that, he had his moments. I'm not going to bash him he had his moments but overall I think he I think he did okay but now we're gonna see with him now gonna be potentially our left tackle and he needs to step up against the Bills on Sunday it's a it's a low-key scary feeling but you just gotta step up you're NFL player you just gotta step up and do your job and he is at his natural position, like I said earlier. So maybe that's hope that he'll play well. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. The Bengals offense in the second half, after that long touchdown drive in their first drive of the second half, was really bad. After that, they went three and out. Six plays, they punted. Three and out. That was it for them in all, on offense in the second half. That was not good. Not good at all. And I think some of it is because of the new structures off the line and Burr just feeling uncomfortable, but also he was trying to play it safe. And I was like, I get it, but damn, man. I, the Bengals had a chance on their last... <clears throat> drive of the, of the game on offense to put the Ravens away. But they went three and out, and it was really horrendous. Drop passes, drop pass by Joe Mixon on a play. Incomplete pass by Burrow. It just looked like they were playing very, 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 very conservative. But you can't do that against the Buffalo Bills. The Ravens don't have a good offense 
But the Bills do. The Bills have Josh Allen. They have Stephon Diggs. They have Dawson Knox. They have Gabriel Davis. They got Devin, Devin Singletary in the backfield. You got to take chances. And as much as it's going to suck for Burr when it comes to the offensive line, he did what he did last year with that line he had to endure. I think he's going to be fine with this line. As of now, I feel like this offensive line is better than last year's O-line. Now, I know that's saying a lot, but it really is. I mean, I mean, it's not saying a lot, but it's true. It really is. So that gives me hope. But this team has overcome a lot of injuries. And I hate how people... There was a headline, right? That said, the Bengals defeated... What was it? The Bengals defeat the shorthanded Ravens. Have you seen the injury list for the Bengals this year? With losing key players in those key positions? I don't like how people don't talk about how shorthanded the Bengals are. But here they are still in the playoffs and still have a shot to get back to the bowl. So I don't get that. I really don't. It's like we lost Chinadu to a torn ACL. Jamar Chase missed four games with a hip injury. And then, I mean, Tyler Boyd missed a game. T. Higgins missed a game. Joe Mixon missed two games. Aiden Hurst missed a couple of games. And then you see the offensive line over the last four games. Collins out. Kappa out. Jonah now out. But here they are, man. They're still in this. But nobody won't talk about that because, well, uh, you still got talent on your team. Yeah, but we, we've also lost players. But it's always been next man out with this Bengals team. That's why this team is just really special when it comes to that. They don't make excuses. It's just the next man up. At times, it might not be pretty, but they get the job done. And let's just hope that Jackson Carmen gets the job done. And Max Sharping on Sunday in Buffalo. I really do. I really do. Now, the defense in this game... I was praising them earlier, and they deserve it, but at times they were getting on my last nerves. <clears throat> the Ravens are a good running game team. They did rush for 155 yards on us, a combine of J.K. Dobbins, Tyler Huntley, and Gus Edwards. Tyler Huntley played he played pretty good, 17 for 29, 226 passing yards, two touchdowns, that one interception. He ran the ball for over 40 yards. I will always I always, I've always said that Huntley has I think he I think I think he was a better thrower than Lamar Jackson. I've been saying that for the last couple of years. We know what Lamar Jackson can do running the football and he also can throw, but I still think Huntley is the better thrower. And the throw he made to DeMarcus Robinson on the tying touchdown that made it 17-7 late in the third quarter where Eli Apple got completely burnt on a stop and go. Like, I don't know why Eli was. I don't know why he froze there and 
he bit that play, and then Robinson just went, Doop. stop, boop, and I'm just myself. Oh, Eli, he hasn't really been got. He wasn't really been getting burnt as much this year. That's a testament for him playing good football, but it's just unfortunate in the playoffs. He got burnt there. Huntley made a nice throw there, but <clears throat> Eli just, yeah, yeah, he got burnt. But it's okay. Eli did get hurt in this game. He hurt his shoulder. He banged shoulders with a teammate. And at first, I thought it was a concussion because he did hit his helmet, but ended up being a shoulder. But a couple of plays later, Eli did come back into the game. So that was really good news. I was like, come on, we can't lose Eli now. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Okay, I, I think I didn't talk about this, and I was saying this for last. The Ravens' last offensive play of the game was wild. Fourth and 20, you're down seven. You need to throw the ball to the end zone. Huntley drops back the throw. He's getting pressured. Here comes Trey Hendrickson. Huntley throws it into the end zone. As defenders, right, you're taught to bat the ball to the ground, right? And I believe, I forgot who were the players. Was it Logan Wilson and someone else? I forgot. But you're told to bat the ball down and not bat the ball up in the air. As Huntley throws the ball, the ball was batted up in the air behind them. And number three for the Ravens, I forgot his name, but he's irrelevant right now. But... It looked like he caught the ball. And when I saw that live, my first initial reaction was, holy shit, he caught that. And then he, the ball went to the ground. He got a, he got a hand on that ball. If he would have secured that, <clears throat> they were saying that John Harbaugh, who is notorious known for going for two in key game situations, if number three would have caught that ball... It would have been 24-23. Harbaugh is going for two. That's what they said. You know what? I 100% thought that he will go for two. And he would have. 100% would have went for two. Holy shit. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What an ending. What a game. Classic. I'm going to go back and watch some of it just to do my review a little bit of some things that I saw. But, oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor, after last year's playoff win against the Raiders in the wild card round, he started a tradition where he would take the game balls, right, write it down, write down the score, the opponent the Bengals defeated, and take it to the Cincinnati local bar area. He did that three times last year. He did it again last night. What a man Zach Taylor is. And hopefully he'll be handing out two more game balls in the near future. I believe he will. Wow. That's me pretty much saying that the Bengals are going to go back to the Super Bowl. Whew, I just put that gauntlet out there. <laughs> but... If you guys watched Zach Taylor's reaction when Sam Hubbard was running the ball back, it was hilarious. He was just like, go! It was so, it was so wholesome because he was, 
he was like all of us. He was like, holy shit. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a game. Uh, what a season. Like, I obviously enjoyed last year's Super Bowl run. Don't get me wrong. But this year, from going 0-2 to begin the year, losing two games at the buzzer from the Halloween massacre against the Browns and being 4-4 four and four, and then winning eight straight games to end the season and now winning this game in the dramatic fashion of all fashion. Like, this has been a roller coaster season, but I love it. I really do. So, we're on to the Buffalo Bills. And let's see, we're, what, 14 days removed from the tragedy that happened when the Bengals and Bills played each other on Monday Night Football and when DeMar Hamlin went into cardiac arrest. Since then, he is doing well, and I'm so happy he's doing well. And he's going to make a full recovery, and that is so great. And we continue to pray for him. And shout out to the Bengals for doing the right thing, and Zach Taylor for stopping that game. And the Bengals were kind of fucked in that situation because even though they canceled the game, it just felt like the Bengals lost the game because of the whole coin toss bullshit. Thankfully, that didn't happen because the Bengals took care of business against the Ravens to end the regular season last week. The Bengals have to go to Buffalo. I don't like that because it's not that I'm not it's not that I'm afraid of them going to Buffalo to play the Bills. I know the Bills have a great home field advantage. That crowd's gonna be wild, all that shit. No, that's that doesn't bother me and I'm not afraid of that. What pisses me off is that we didn't get a chance to finish our game and it's not and I'm not blaming what happened to DeMar Hamlin. I'm not. What I'm saying is if you if the NFL is going to put the b- potential Bills and Chiefs AFC championship game in Atlanta, why can't you coin flip to determine who's going to host the AFC divisional playoff game between the Bengals and Chiefs? I mean, I'm sorry, the Bengals and Bills. and may- Or make that game a neutral site. Like, what the fuck? The Bills should go back to the Bills should come back to Paycor Stadium. Like, it's, I, I don't think it's not fair to the Bengals. So. Whatever. It is what it is. I feel like this Bengals team love to play on the road. And especially in the playoffs. They love to play on the road. And they're going to embrace it. And with the injuries off the line and all that stuff. And people saying that the Bengals offense has looked like shit lately. And people saying the Bills are a team in destiny. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just meant to be for them to make a Super Bowl run, all that stuff. Everybody's going to be picking the Bills to win this game on Sunday. And you know what? I love it. I really do. Because I feel like the pressure's on them. You would probably say, well, are you sure about that? Because the Bengals are the defending AFC champs and the pressure should be on them. Because, you know, they're the defending champs. They should go. They should be going back to the Super Bowl, all that stuff. Yeah, but everybody's going to be talking about the Bills. Bills, 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 Bills. And be, don't worry, obviously they're playing the Bengals. The Bengals are going to be, be talked about. But it's like, this is probably too much for the Bengals. It's too much. They got to go to Buffalo. And 
You're playing a hungry Bills team, all that stuff, even though they almost lost to a backup quarterback in the Miami Dolphins on Sunday, but they won't say that. But it's, they're probably saying it's too much for the Bengals. Right. The crowd in Buffalo is going to be too much. I mean, okay, Bengals went to Airhead Stadium, and everyone says that that's the loudest stadium in the NFL. It is. And the Bengals, you know, they were down 21-3, and, you know, they won in overtime. But they won't say that. They won't say that. They think this team can't overcome the odds of them winning in Buffalo next Sunday or this Sunday. They can't. Okay, I I, I got to save all of this for the Bills and Bengals recap, not recap, preview podcast later on the week. All right, that's it for me. Whew, what a game. What a game. Bengals are moving on to the AFC Divisional Playoff game against the Bills on Sunday, and I will have a preview of that game later on the week. I am out. You guys take care. Have a good week, and I'll talk to you guys Thursday. Peace.